Hello again, everyone. Welcome to The Smartest Guy I Know, a weekly podcast focused on the obscure, the inane, and the oddly charming in our world news today. I'm your host, Dan King. As always, I'm joined alongside my roommate, friend, social media manager, Carlos. Carlos, how are you doing today? I am great. How are you? I'm very excited for this podcast. Excellent, excellent. And we're also joined by Carlos's girlfriend, Ashley. Ashley, good to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. All right. Weekend's off to a good start. You know, we've got people here. The cleaning crew just came through and uh, did a nice cleanup of our apartment. I get this company called The Green Mop that comes in once a month. Just want to give them a shout out. If you're uh, living in the D.C. area and need your apartment clean, they do a great job. Um, Also, later in the episode today, so I guess I should start out by saying this week, you know, obviously tomorrow, big game, Super Bowl 51, Patriots and Falcons, uh, go Atlanta. Um... And very excited later on in the show to have on uh, from Comcast Sportsnet Mid-Atlantic and csnmidatlantic.com. We've got J.P. Finlay joining us to kind of break down the game. Uh, And pretty much this whole episode is going to be dedicated to the Super Bowl. So uh, I guess if you're a listener and uh, you're not really into football, this probably isn't the one for you. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll check back with you next week. But you can still join us whenever you like. Um, As always, thank you for your continued support. Uh, we've gotten some good listener feedback the last couple of episodes, so really appreciate that. A lot of good feedback on last week's episode, too. So uh, going to be looking to have some more musical guests on in the near future. Seems to be a good topic to have. Um, as always, you can like us and follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. That handle is at SmartGuyIKnow. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, funny, funny fact, actually, about iTunes. Uh, just kind of was sifting through the stats and the listens and things like that. Uh, in the last week, we have been listened to in eight different countries, uh, including, obviously, the United States. We had, a list, we had listeners in Brazil, Australia, Mexico, and Japan, amongst others. Uh, I don't know if, they un- if the person in Tokyo understood what they were listening to, but um, uh, if you're out there in Tokyo and listening this week, uh, konnichiwa, and uh, thanks for joining us. Um, some programming notes uh, coming up next week. Working on putting together a little panel for a special Valentine's Day themed podcast. Trying to get a good mix of people, people in relationships, single people, which I cover by being the host of the show. Um, don't laugh at that. That's not funny. <laughs> um, you know, a couple of couple. I, I've reached out to a couple of people that have recent, recently been engaged, and you know, try and get a get, get some good stories going on about you know how people met, maybe some good dating experiences, bad dating experiences, uh, the whole nine yards there. Um, the following week uh, will be another special episode because we're going to be taking the show on the road. We'll be down in South Beach taking our talents to South Beach, Miami uh, for an episode on the road down there. So bring you all the highlights from that trip. And then the following week, looking at uh, trying to get something together to do a little preview of the Oscars, try and have that out on the 24th or the 25th. The Oscars, of course, are happening on February the 26th. Um, you know, I'll probably definitely need some help with that because uh, I haven't seen any of the Best Picture nominees. Uh, I don't go to the movies that often, and apparently my taste in movies isn't very good. Um, so that about covers everything as far as... oh. I almost forgot. Uh, you can expect midweek this week, probably, uh, our special video episode of Carlos Eats. Uh, we should be recording that actually later today. Uh, Carlos, how you feeling? I don't know why you ate breakfast this morning. Well, that's part, part of my strategy. I don't want, if I go in there too hungry, I feel like I'm going to be so hungry I won't be able to eat as much. Just need to get the stomach warmed up, a little, sort of like a race. Just need to get the body warmed up a little bit. 
and then be ready to go when I get there. Boom. Brave words from a brave man, folks. Uh, Ashley, as his you know emotional support, <laughs> as his significant other, uh, how do you feel about this? How are you feeling about this going in? I just don't want him to throw up. So as long as there's no vomit, I'm good. Setting the bar real high here on the Smart Guy cast, folks. And if I do, I will try to aim for Dan and not you. I appreciate it. It wouldn't be the first, nor would it be the second time that somebody's thrown up on me in public. So we won't go into detail on that. Um, so that, that, I think that covers all of our uh, programming notes and uh, our administrative items. Uh, we're going to go ahead and dive right into our first segment, Footnotes. And this week, like we talked about, this is a Super Bowl-themed episode. We've got five stories that you may have missed about this year's Super Bowl. Uh, we're actually going to start, uh, actually, for the story from last week, coming to us from New England to start. Um, so the night before the AFC title game, a gentleman was arrested for uh, pulling the fire alarm in, this, in the Pittsburgh Steelers team, uh, team hotel. Uh, so this gentleman, Dennis Harrison, he's from South Boston, um, has become to some a bit of a uh, folk hero. Uh, in fact, so much so to uh, one Hooters restaurant in nearby Saugus, Massachusetts, that they have offered Mr. Harrison the opportunity to come in and get free wings on the restaurant. Um, now, he can, he can take them up on this offer. He, uh, he pled not guilty to the criminal mischief charge that he was facing a misdemeanor, um, and he was released upon his own recognizance, so he's out on the street. Um, so if Dennis Harrison decided he wanted to go to Hooters for some delicious wings, he could go and go for free. Um, I, I'm going to just kind of chalk that up to, I guess, it being a time of crime paying. Now, if he goes, is that an admission of his guilt by accepting the offers? Or are they going to try and bring that up in court if he does tick them up on those wings? Uh, no, I mean, it's just, a, it's just a charge and an allegation. I don't think that accepting uh, people's presumption of you can be tried in court as a presumption of innocence or guilt. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I can't tell you that for sure. But, you know, I, I think that would be a pretty hard, uh, pretty hard uh, case to sell. I don't think that they need to build their case either on, on that either. I'm sure there are cameras in the hotel. Um, considering how quickly they were able to identify that he was the guy that pulled the fire alarm, I'm pretty sure he's screwed. Um, I'm not. I'm not surprised Tom Brady was stupid, something like that, in order to just get that team the extra edge to win. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, that whole region's got some questionable ethics at times. And I don't think we're gonna. I think we just lost all the listeners from the uh, New England area. So sorry. Oh, but we love our listeners from the New England area. Well, now that I just except Tom Brady. when it comes to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. when I sit here very bitterly every year and say, oh good, I get to watch the team I dislike the most win again. Or, or the Celtics after my beloved Nets now have to give them probably a top four pick in the NBA draft. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's happening too. So yeah, I have a lot of sympathy towards, uh, towards New England sports fans in general lately. Um, shifting now down to Atlanta, uh, Falcons owner Arthur, Arthur Blank uh, appears to be feeling pretty optimistic about his team's chances, despite them being an underdog. I believe they're currently a three-point dog. Yeah, well, I've seen it. I've seen it's three. Basically, it stayed there the whole time. Yeah, it hasn't really moved. It seems like there's a lot more action on the money line this this week. Can't imagine why that is. Yeah, I don't. I mean, we'll we'll talk about that more later. I don't know that the game's going to be all that close. Um, but. Arthur Blank's so confident that he's convinced the principal at his daughter's school to cancel school on Monday, February 6th, um, which, of course, is the day after the Super Bowl. 
Uh, the announcement was made to the school in a pre-taped video where Blank persuades the principal to shut down because the kids will be up late watching and cheering on the Falcons. Hopefully there are no students that transferred in from the Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Maine, any of that area in New England uh, into that area because they're probably saying, I'm not cheering for the Falcons, in which case they might have to go to school. Um, I guess, I mean, so... The principal eventually acquiesces and says, okay, we'll give the kids off on Monday, February 6th. I guess my question is, where was this kind of principal when I was in school? You know, and I still don't understand why this day isn't just a national holiday. You've got millions of people getting together. Most of them are either eating too much or, you know, partaking in some, in some adult beverages um, in the kids' case, they're probably all jacked up on Mountain Dew, to quote uh, Talladega Nights. So they're all hopped up on caffeine, and, you know, kids aren't used to being up until, you know, midnight. If they're cheering on a team that's actually involved, win or lose, they might be up even later than that. I know um, back in 96, my older brother um, was at the clinching game of the 96 World Series for the Yankees, and he was out with people from my family in the Bronx until about four in the morning. Um, you know, he was about 13 at the time, I want to say, because I was, yeah, is that math right? Yeah, I was eight. Yeah, that, that's about right. He was 13 or 14. Um, so, you know, why, why, why can't we just sub in the day after Super Bowl for a holiday that people don't like? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, you know, Columbus Day. People don't like Columbus anymore, you know, apparently because he was savage. He was kind of a savage. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd be willing to do that trade-off. You know, it's not. Oh, we, oh, we founded the New World. Okay, that was like, you know, it's a little outdated. It's over 500 years old, you know. America wasn't even around yet, so. Uh so, you know, that's that's what's going on down in Atlanta. And actually, we're going to stay with the Falcons now. Um, so th this actually has started to make it into a little bit more mainstream news. Uh, former Atlanta star quarterback, number one overall pick for the Falcons, uh, turned uh, felon, turned Eagles quarterback, turned backup for the New York Jets and the Pittsburgh Steelers, Michael Vick. Uh, you might remember him. Uh, if you don't, just go on Google and do the search Michael Vick and dogs. Um, great guy. Class act, uh, you know, a lot, lot of love for Michael Vick. I was very happy to uh, to have him on my team for one season. I agree 100%. He is a complete class act. <laughs> I, I will say the one thing I will give him credit for, though. Do you remember playing as Michael Vick in Madden 2005? It was so. It was just ridiculous. The quarterback, the quarterback with like a 99 speed rating. You just run around. You'd go like all the way back to your own end zone, and then you just start juking and cutting through like the entire defense, and you go for like a 300 yard run, and nobody can keep up with you. It was. It was. It was. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but anyway, uh, so Michael Vick has uh, basically announced that he's officially retiring from football after 13 seasons. Uh, Wimper tier. I'm sure everybody's gonna miss him. Um, but he's hosting an official retirement party actually tonight um, in, in Houston, um, co-hosted by rap artist Gucci Mane. Now, um, I have to admit, the rap genre, you know, shocker, is not one that I'm so in touch with. Uh, I actually thought that Gucci Mane uh, was Fetty Wap, so I started writing down in my notes that he is of uh, Trap Queen fame. 
Uh, I was gonna actually like subtly fade in Trap Queen for this part, and then I looked it up. I'm like, something doesn't seem right, and um, apparently, no, I, I'm just I was just way off base. Though apparently, Gucci Mane is very successful since he got out of prison recently. Uh, he's got four songs in the Billboard Top 100, which you know, I, I, again, I'm, I think I said it last week. You know, I'm very musically inclined, so I I listen to all the Top 100. Yeah, um, you know, so you know, it's fitting that 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 Mr. Maine is 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 is, is uh, the co-host for this. You know, he is he is a native of, of Atlanta or the ATL, if you will. Um, you know, or as uh, or as Usher put it, "Piece up a town down." Um, am I getting enough lame references in here? Yes. Um, you know, he he actually is also serving as Michael Vick's hype man. Um, if you go on Gucci Mane's Instagram, which I. Forgot to write down what his Instagram is. I assume it's probably just Gucci Mane. Um, he's got a whole hype video up to uh, to hype up the party uh, for Michael Vick's, uh, you know, for Michael Vick's retirement party. So that's that that's uh, that's going down tonight. So if you're down in the Houston area and you're going to the Super Bowl and you're not, if you need something to do, uh, I'd be looking up the official Michael Vick retirement party tonight uh, in downtown Houston. Should be a great time. And you. Get to meet Gucci Mane as well. Mr. Mane. Mr. Mane. I don't think that's how we refer to him as. I mean, I wouldn't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I figured, you know, he's, you know, it's like when you go up, you're a kid and you go up to like your favorite athlete and you call him Mr. and they, you try and get him to sign an autograph and sometimes they say yes and sometimes they say no. I figure he deserves a level of difference. I mean, he's a, he's a big time recording artist. You know, four songs in the Billboard Top 100. Not Trap Queen. And Trap Queen's apparently not one of them. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, yeah, that. Um, so shifting gears a little bit, uh, it's, so it's pretty much impossible to uh, bring up the Super Bowl and not talk about the, uh, the kind of over-the-top TV commercials that you'll get every year, uh, you know, uh, whether it's GoDaddy, Frito-Lay, Pepsi, uh, Anheuser-Busch, um, some of the car companies, uh, you know, you, you know, you kind of know the general ones that you expect to see from. Um, so, and obviously they're all sold at insanely high prices. You're talking about millions of dollars in some cases for a 30 second spot, uh, for something that the vast majority of your audience probably either can't afford, isn't interested in, or will never buy. Uh, so I guess there's a lot of risk reward associated with that. Um, all of the, um, Commercials, though, have to be approved both by the television networks and by the NFL. And this year, um, health and nutrition retailer GNC um, actually was told by the NFL that its commercial's out. Uh, the NFL rejected it. Um, when they were, when GNC pressed the NFL for a reason as to why. Um, they were cutting the commercial. The NFL's explanation is that um, some of GNC's supplements, they're into, you know, the muscle building supplements and things like that, uh, actually contain substances that are on the NFL's banned substance list. So the NFL, I guess, was saying, you know, we don't want to, uh, we don't want to approve what we see as, we don't want to support what we see as performance-enhancing drugs. Um, you know, which, I, I don't know, I guess I just have two questions on this. Um, one, is the NFL so paranoid about PED use in the league that they think that people are going to be watching for uh, whatever these banned substances are and running out during halftime of the game to go uh, juice up the players, probably more than they already are because Lord knows there's enough holes in the NFL drug testing policy that you could drive a Mack truck through. Um, and two, 
I, I don't know when the NFL got a conscience. Um, you know, I, I must have missed that somewhere along the way. Um, I, I thought that their primary thing was to, you know, make money. But that that's just me. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, obviously the NFL has a great conscience, as we saw with the Matt Moore play in the first round of the playoffs against the Steelers. Oh, yeah. yeah where the, the, he basically got, got decapitated. And then was back in one play later. Mm-hmm. And also how they handled uh, Josh Brown earlier this year. Oh, I mean, Josh Brown eventually became a pry and is out of league. I mean, although he was he was just on what? Was it Good Morning America or 2020? Was he on the... He was on one of those shows. Yeah, he just did that sit-down interview. You know, I, I abused my wife, but I didn't hit her. Huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah, he... Yeah, yeah, he said he didn't put his hands on her. I mean, I, why do I find that one just hard to believe? Yeah, it doesn't quite, uh, it doesn't quite pass the uh, sniff test when you're sniffing out BS. But, uh, you know, that's, that, that's, my, that's your and my opinion. And, you know, we're just two voices in a world of many. Um, so finally this week, um, you know, obviously after Sunday there's going to be an ultimate winner of this year's Super Bowl. Um, it leaves a lot of losers behind in the NFL every year. Uh, no team this year, though, was as big of a loser as the self-proclaimed factory of sadness, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they went 1-15. Um, they were very close to matching the record set by the Lions a few years ago of going 0-16, uh, but they got lucky and uh, ran into a San Diego, San Diego team that had basically quit on its coach. Um, and no one on the Browns might know losing better than their all-pro Offensive lineman Joe Thomas, who spent all 11 years of his career playing for the Cleveland Browns. Um, in his 11-year career, the Browns have won 48 games. That means in his career, the team's record is 48 wins and 128 losses, or 80 games under 500. Um, and that's an average season of 4-12 and 12 for those of you who are keeping score at home. Uh, that's bad. Like, terrible. I, I, I don't think there's another team that in the last 11 years comes... Uh, actually, there's a couple teams I can think of that, that might come close to sniffing that. I might point towards, like, I don't know, Jacksonville. They're, they're, they're pretty bad. Um, but, you know, I, even as a fan of a bad team historically, I know I can look at a team like the Browns, and it could be worse. It could always be worse. Um, but anyway, so, so Joe Thomas... Uh, seems to have really um, gotten well-trained in finding the silver linings and everything. Um, so after this past Sunday's uh, Pro Bowl, where the AFC was victorious, uh, he actually tweeted out, uh, and, I, and I quote, What a great Pro Bowl. AFC wins, and I double my yearly win total on the same night. Because that brought him up to two wins for the year. You know, I mean, granted, at this point, two and fifteen might feel a little bit like seventeen and zero. So, uh, so, so good on you, Joe. You know, I, I, it's, I really hope you know you seem like actually a pretty funny stand-up guy. Um, you know, I hope that at some point in your career, if you want, you get a chance to you know play for a team other than the Browns. So maybe you get a chance to win. Um, yeah. So that's that. That's it for footnotes. Um, we're going to dive right into our smart guy sit down. Uh, so we're lucky enough this week to have a good guest on, uh, CSN Mid-Atlantic Redskins insider and the host of the Redskins Talk podcast. You can find that on iTunes. We're joined this week by J.P. Finlay. J.P., how you doing today? 
I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, good to have you. Uh, so uh, before we get talking about the uh, about the Super Bowl this weekend, you actually just got back from covering the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama last week. Um, so obviously it's the last chance for a few of the college players to really uh, make an impact on scouts and coaches in the NFL uh, before the draft. Um, while you were there, did you hear of any uh, a couple of players that may have stood out to you, uh, generating uh, or anybody that generated a lot of buzz? Yeah, I mean, uh, a couple guys that, that really generated a lot of buzz was LSU quarterback Tredavious White. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, he could be – it's tricky with corners because there's probably like four guys that are really going to be considered that top-level corner between Lattimore and Ohio State uh King Jones out at Washington, but White from LSU is going to be right in that mix. I mean, and, and I feel like in the draft in the last couple of years, got corners you really don't know who's going to be the first one off the board because GMs tend to, to really like one guy and they hone in on him. And if you think about like, like Eli Apple was surprised early last year, it wouldn't be a surprise. It's kind of regardless which guy you see go off the board at corner. But Trinidad's White stood out big time. Um, O.J. Howard, Alabama tight end. Right. Out. The guy was just a monster. Um, he's not really – I didn't watch him a ton because a first-round tight end isn't really on the Redskins' radar when they have a guy like Jordan Reed on the team. Right, of course. Um, what's that? Of, of course, yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't think that's a need position. <laughs> One guy that, that I liked a lot that – looked good throughout the week and he looked good in the game and I didn't even sit down there for the game it was almost more important for the viewers down there during the week when all the different coaches and scouts and everybody were around um, Jay Jones from East Carolina really looked like a good player he's a receiver good size quick good hands I think he's like a second or third round pick that uh, that will help a team this season I, I, I think you know, sometimes with, with rookie receivers, you're almost better off getting drafted a little later and going to a good team with a good quarterback. And he, he's the kind of guy, I mean, especially if you're in like a dynasty fantasy league or just like a really deep fantasy league, I, I think that kid's going to be good. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. Uh, shifting shifting now, shifting gears, we'll start talking about the Super Bowl now because that's obviously the big game this weekend. Um, you know, going in, headlines seem to be mostly about the quarterback matchup. You know, you've got the likely MVP on one side with Matt Ryan taking on arguably the greatest of all time in Tom Brady. So, uh, I mean, just looking at it on paper, who do you think has the advantage and why? Um, on paper, I, I don't know about the I think the Pats have the advantage. And whenever you get a matchup, it's fairly trite, I guess. So whenever you get a matchup between number one defense, number one offense, give me the defense every time. Mm-hmm. And wait, I, I don't think this is quite Seahawks-Broncos from a few years ago when that Seahawks defense was so good. And that Broncos offense was, was maybe better than the Stockton's offense. I mean, Pate was playing at such a high level. They had so many good receivers. Right. I don't think the Broncos ran the ball that year as well as Falcons do this year with, with Freeman and Ted Coleman. I just, man, Belichick, two weeks to game plan, he is so good at taking away what a team kind of needs the most. And the, the, the hard part of that for the, with the Falcons will be fairly easy to think that Belichick brackets Julio the whole game and has a high safety on top there. But 
their run game is so strong, and, and even beyond their run game, their screen game, their their short passing game is so good, and Matt Ryan runs that so efficiently that I, I think it's going to be hard to to really try to just single out Julio and think that will slow down their whole offense. But that said, I mean, the Steelers have a pretty explosive offense, and they limited that pretty well. Although I, I recognize Roethlisberger isn't that good on the road this season. Um, I, ultimately, though, man, I, I, I think I have never rooted for the Pats throughout kind of their dominant what, <laughs> years, sixteen years now. Oh yeah, no, I'm um, a New York, I'm a New York Jets fan, so I have never cheered for them in my life. <laughs> but this year, after the Slate Gate, which I think is just like utter, utter laughable package of nonsense to suspend Tom Brady for four games. I, 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 I think he got put in prison for a speeding ticket. I, it's just unbelievable hmm. that that happened. Right. And because, because of that, I'll actually be rooting for the Pats this week just so Goodell has to hand Brady the trophy. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's actually one of, been one of the things that people have been talking about, how awkward it's going to be if Roger Goodell has to hand the, hand the trophy off to Tom Brady. Um, and speaking of Brady, you know, do you think that this game means more overall to his legacy, or do you think it means more to a guy like Matt Ryan who's just not been able to get over the hump and maybe has been considered by a lot of people as just a good quarterback as opposed to a great quarterback? Yeah, you know, that's a good question, man. I, I think he definitely do more for... Matt Ryan's legacy than it can for Brady. I think at this point, Tom Brady, no matter what the conversation is, is if he's not your best ever, he's your, he's in the top three. I mean, somebody would have to be pretty nuts though to, to try to drop him out of the top three. Or I mean, I know there are some folks that make the argument that like you know Belichick was able to win with Matt Castle or whatever, but that 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 to me is a little nutty. Brady's just fantastic, and then. You know, winning another Super Bowl would certainly polish his resume that much more, but not like it would for Matt Ryan to get one Super Bowl. I mean, think about what one Super Bowl victory has done for Drew Brees. You know, I mean, it, it's it's changed the conversation around him. And not to suggest that Matt Ryan is necessarily Drew Brees, but you know, I don't know that Matt Ryan's a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, I, I know he's had some pretty outrageous seasons, but if he keeps throwing up 4,800-yard seasons and he has a Super Bowl, that starts changing the conversation about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Breeze, Breeze statistically, obviously fantastic, but you start to question things without the Super Bowl. And I mean, you've seen you've seen lesser quarterbacks with less stats. I mean, again, you know, I mentioned I'm a New York Jets fan, and you got to say one of the worst statistical quarterbacks to be in the Hall of Fame is probably Joe Namath. So you know, yeah, but, but that's a unique situation right. because of the injuries. Right? I mean, and what he brought to football is, is probably greater than than most other quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. Just notoriety. <laughs> Right, of course, agreed. All right, so okay, now 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 I've got a couple of um, more 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 fun, almost tongue in cheek questions for the for the game. Kind of the first one's a little bit scenario based. Let's say it's the fourth quarter, Atlanta's trailing. They are in a goal line situation. Dan Quinn, the former Seahawks defensive coordinator, had to watch his team uh, basically give the game away on the goal line in Super Bowl Forty Nine. All right, yeah. is there is there any chance he calls a pass play? Sure, I mean. Coaches are are way too confident to allow. What was that? Two Super Bowls ago 
yeah. where Marshawn mm-hmm. can get the ball. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, and it's also, you know, Devontae Freeman's a tough runner, but he's not Marshawn Lynch. They're entirely different guys. I mean, Marshawn is beast mode. I mean, he's going to power through guys. What were they on the two yard line or something? Yeah, um, I think I think they were either at the one or the two. And if I had to guess, man, I mean, much like Pete Carroll in Seattle, Dan Clinton's not making that offensive call, and he's not going to override Kyle Shanahan, who's made those calls all year and gotten them to the Super Bowl. So, especially knowing that it's Kyle that would be calling that play, I I, I certainly think they would throw it. Yeah, Maybe not. Right, and you certainly, and, and obviously with Kyle's experience and time in Washington, you certainly have a lot of familiarity with his schemes and his play calls. Um, so shifting, let's so let's shift it a little bit. Let's let's assume the Patriots win, um, and we talked we touched a little bit about this already. What do you think that Kraft Brady Goodell trophy ceremony is going to look like? Do you think they're going to manage to keep it cordial, or do you think it's going to be a little bit awkward and uncomfortable looking? So obviously can't let you go without a, a without a final prediction. So I think you've kind of already alluded to which way you're leaning. But uh, do you have a score in mind? Well, do you have what's the total? What's the over under set? It's crazy high, right? I thought it was like 54 or something like that. It's high. So whenever whenever a number like that is really high and everybody's taking the over, I guess that's or screaming in on the over leads me to think. The opposite. This is kind of being a Vegas contrarian. And, and I think <laughs> I think the Pats are gonna really try to run the ball and control the clock. Uh, not to suggest Brady won't, you know, have some touchdowns and, and they'll they'll score, but I think I think the Pats win this thing like twenty eight twenty, something like that. Alright. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, and I, I'm actually going lower because I think it's going to be both teams controlling the clock. I actually, my 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 best guess is like 24-17 New England, but um, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm 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 with you on the New England train. Unfortunately, I think that they are going to win again, but it is what it is. Um, I, I certainly think Atlanta could win. You know, this isn't. There are some Super Bowls going in where where I think it's going to be decidedly like that Seattle Denver Super Bowl a few years ago. I was actually in Vegas and put whatever little amount of money I had down, put all of it on the Seahawks because I thought they were just going to roll the Broncos. Right. Maybe not 
Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, and actually, it seems like Vegas doesn't really have too much of a feel either, because I mean, the line's only minus three still. At least the last I checked, it. Not you know, not that we're ad- not not, not that we're advocating betting. Um. <laughs> All right. Um, anything that you'd like to plug coming up on Redskins talk? All right. Well, again, that's Redskins Talk Podcast. You can find it on iTunes, also on Audioboom. You can follow JP on Twitter. The handle is at JPFinlayCSN. And you can find him on Facebook. That's uh, Facebook.com backslash JPFinlayCSN. Uh, like and follow, please. Uh, JP, thanks for coming on. Thanks a lot, dude. Take care. All right. You too. All right. So that was our smart guy sit down. Uh, now for our next segment. Um, so... Carlos recently has been really angling to uh, to get his own segment on the show, uh, a show uh, a segment where uh, basically he will be allowed to say whatever he wants. And so I have been uh, hesitant to do this. I'm a little scared to do it, uh, just because I don't know what could be coming out of your mouth. Um, but I thought, you know what? Let's play a little game. And if you win, I'll acquiesce, and I will give you a segment, maybe for a couple of weeks. We'll pilot it, and we'll see how it goes. Um, so one of, the big thing, one of the big things, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, and we talked about it in the interview segment too, um, Super Bowl is a huge gambling event. Uh, millions upon millions of dollars are poured into Vegas sportsbooks every year around the Super Bowl. And sometimes they're for really weird things called prop bets or side bets traditionally. Um, So what I've done here is I have come up with uh, five different prop bets. And Carlos and I are going to go head-to-head. And whoever is more accurate on these five prop bets, if Carlos wins, you're going to get a Carlos segment, folks, so get excited for that. But if I win, then Carlos is cleaning the bathroom in the kitchen for the next two months. I, I don't remember agreeing to that. Well, part. you just agreed to it now. <laughs> well, we have cleaning ladies, so... Yeah, but they only come once a month. You can keep it tidy. You know, the dishes, the yeah. trash. As you, can see, as you can see from my bedroom, I am very good at keeping things tidy as well. I mean, I'm immaculate at it, believe me. Ashley. <laughs> Fair enough. It, it could look worse. Sure you can see some of the floor in my room. Fair enough. And that's all that counts. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're 29 years old. <laughs> um, anyway. Minor detail. Sure. Um, okay, so uh, going to dive right in here. So prop bet number one, uh, and this is one that's pretty commonly done every year. Uh, the length of the national anthem. This is an over-under bet. And the line is being set at two minutes and nine seconds. The artist this year is country star Luke Bryan. Do you want to go with the over or the under on this? I'm going to take the over. Yeah, I'm actually also going to take the over on this. So we won't get any separation from this one. Um, actually, just out of curiosity, looked it up like on a YouTube video as to what the just the band version of the Star Spangled Banner is usually. And it's like a minute and 44 seconds. So 209 seems awfully low. I mean, I think the year... Was there a year Beyonce did the National Anthem? I want to say it went like 330 or something like that. It was long. 
Um, and I can't imagine Luke Bryan going shorter than 209. That, that, that would be surprising. I believe he has done National Anthem at events before. We're listening to another podcast, and someone found a video of him doing the National Anthem, and it was around, like, 155. Really? that performance. Really? But it is, it is a Super Bowl. Yeah, so, so there's going to be stuff to play. Those are going to get dragged out, and yeah. the excitement is just going to carry through, and he will go over. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, that's, that's why I'm thinking over, too. Uh, next one, number two, another over-under bet, and this one's set at one and a half. Uh, the number of times that President Donald Trump's name is mentioned during the see, during the Fox broadcast. The game's on Fox, right? I believe the game is on Fox. Yes, I, I think I've got that right, and who cares regardless. Um, so over-under one and a half times Donald Trump being mentioned during the broadcast. Does that, is that just during the game or during the entire time they're on the air? I believe that's during the entire time they're on the air. I'm going to go over. Because of political ads? I think at least one time they might mention his pick for who wins the game, which just means that I have to mention him one other time, so I think it'll be, I think it'll be over. Okay, so I don't think they're going to mention that during the game broadcast. I think they'll mention that during the pregame show because they go for six hours and they need something to fill the time. Um, so I don't necessarily know that that will be one of the instances. I don't think they're going to mention it during the game at all. Um, and realistically, the political ads, it all depends on what part of the country you're in. So I don't know that they're really going to measure this. I'm actually going to... I think people just want a distraction from this stuff, um, I hope. Um, I don't really like politics in my football. Uh, it really annoys me at times. Um, so... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. I think he gets him. I think there's going to be at least one ad at some point during the game. It might be a long ad, but I think he gets a. I think it's just gonna be one mention. Um, so I'm gonna take the under. Um, so number three. So halftime performer this year is Lady Gaga. Uh, Ashley, would you care to share your thoughts on Lady Gaga? She's crazy. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so. One of the things with Lady Gaga is apparently she changes her hair color a lot. You know, I definitely would know that. You know, I'm big. I'm big Gaga fan, huge fan, just big time. Um, so there is a prop bet out there with odds as to uh, what her primary hair color is going to be on stage at halftime. At first, they're saying it's. I guess they're saying it's possible that she could change hair colors mid uh, performance, which would be very fast and impressive. Um, so, um, I'll get, I'll, I'll give you the odds here. Uh, blonde, which I believe is her natural color is two to three favorite. Brown is three to one. Uh, pink is a 10 to one and all other is 14 to one. So I'm picking one of those four. Uh, yes. I, I'm going to go with any other one. You're going to go with the field. You're going with other. Yeah. You think that she's going to do something unexpected uh, for purposes of the halftime show? I mean, we've all, we've, all seen, we've all seen the outfit she's done in the past and some of the major videos she's made. So This is true. I would not be surprised if she came out there with like a rainbow in her hair or just something to grab people's attention. Okay. So you're taking the field. Um, I'm going to go the safe route. Uh, you know, I think that her most recent work, album, whatever you want to call it, I guess it had some kind of, I guess it, it did have like country kind of in it almost a little bit. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking around hoping that somebody's going to answer this for me, but I'm not getting any answers. I'm getting head shakes. Don't 
Fair enough. Uh, but I, I mean, all the commercials that she was in, she seemed to have blonde hair. I'm going to say that she's sticking with that image and she's going to just stick with blonde hair. So I'm going to take the favorite here. I'm going to be really safe and take the two to three. Um, all right. Um, number four. Okay, so um, obviously this started with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and Colin Kaepernick. Um, players kneeling during the national anthem. Um, it made a lot of headlines early in the year. Um, yes or no, Fox will show players kneeling during the national anthem. No. I'm actually going to go no there as well. And no is the favorite here. It's a. This actually only has a money line because it's yes or no. Uh, the money line is minus 300. So no is a pretty heavy favorite there. And um, last but not least, um, always important. Uh, especially to the NFL, the television rating, the over-under this year for the television rating uh, is set at 47.5. So over-under 47.5 for the TV rating nationally. Now you've got to take into account the markets that the game is being played in. So the markets that aren't in play here. So you didn't get an LA team, you didn't get a New York team. It is a Super Bowl though, so it always draws high. How many people is forty-seven and a half rating? Um, I believe the so I believe that the ratings are based on a percentage of the households that have Nielsen boxes with them, and I think that equates out to somewhere in the neighborhood of. I want to say it's somewhere in the neighborhood of between ninety and hundred million, um, but I don't know that calculation off the top of my head. I am going to go over on that. Hmm. I feel like people are going, a lot of people might want to root against the Patriots. And also you have, you, you have two high-powered offenses. People might just be curious as to what happens when the Falcons, see if the Falcons can keep this up, what they've been doing this year. I think they were like the fifth highest offense of all time. Right. Granted, the first, first score of lost in the Super Bowl. Right, right. I believe so. I mean, people might, might be watching to see, is, this, is that trend going to continue? Is this going to be a shootout? The potential seems to loom for that since it is the is it the highest over under for the Super Bowl of all time? Yes, it is the highest. And I think in the interview I said fifty four, and then I looked it up, and now it's it's actually fifty nine. So yeah, no, I mean that's a that's a that's a high, very very high line. Yes, I feel like that might draw a lot of people in to to see if that's the case because we you know we all know people love people love scoring. Yeah, it's true. It's nobody true. nobody wants to watch a nine to six Jets Rams gamer. Any game of Browns that game play. that game was a classic. You leave it alone. I mean, I'm sure it was. If you like 1930s old school football and <laughs> the 1940s, I'm sure that yeah, I'm sure people like watching that. Right. So I actually think there's it's going to be the alternate uh, result. I think it's going to be under, and I think that the majority of the reason I think there's three reasons. One, I don't think a lot of people are giving the Falcons a chance to win the game, so they're not in. So the interest level is lower. Two, I think there's just general fatigue towards the New England Patriots. I don't think that you know I am much less interested in this game than I have been in games in years past, and I am a pretty uh, avid fan of the game. Um, and three, I just don't think there's a whole lot of intrigue to the matchup. You know, it's. There's not a whole lot of storylines, you know. The the quarterbacks are one, um, but really outside of that, 
you know, I mean, you can talk about legacy a bit too between between the quarterbacks and and the franchises and the coaches. Uh, but really, beyond that, there hasn't really been anything to come out to really uh, to really spice things up at all. I, I just don't I just don't know that this game is going to be as highly watched as um, as last year's game was, especially because last year was the 50th anniversary. Um, so I'm going to disagree with you there. So we disagreed on three of five. Um, we agreed on the national anthem. We agreed. We agreed on both the national anthem things. Um, so we'll um, have to keep track of these things during the game, and we'll find out who the winner is, and may the best man win. Now, what happens on that one if neither of our two win with the hair color? I don't know. Uh, and then I guess uh, I'm going to guess that's just going to be treated like a push, and then we'll just take it down to the other two that we disagreed on. Well, what happens if there's a push overall? I guess it's also the next question. So let's just set up a tiebreaker then. Uh, total points scored in the game. Total points scored in the game. I'm going to go with 51. Okay, I'm going to go with 41. Um, I, in, the, in, the, in the interview earlier, I had mentioned that I thought it was going to be 24-17, so I want to be true to that. I'm not going to hedge and go with something different. Okay. I'm going to go with 31 to 20. Yeah, I, I, I said 24-17, so. Um, all right, so there you have it. There are Carlos and I's prop bets uh, and our gentleman's wager. You know, I guess gentleman might be used a little bit loosely here um, for the for Super Bowl 51. Uh, and that brings us kind of to our closing segment for the week. Um, you know, this whole episode has been about the Super Bowl. It's a great time to get together, family and friends, and, you know, just kind of enjoy each other's company and things like that. It's really become an American pastime. Um, with respect to the NFL, I think you always have to keep things in perspective. Uh, you know, I admit that I, uh, I am a very big NFL fan, a very, very big fan of the New York Jets, um, unfortunately. Um, but I think that at times people lose, um, lose the big picture, you know, and can kind of lose sight of more important things in place of football. Um, you know, I think I have definitely taken bigger steps back in recent years, especially with everything that's gone on. You know, you had a lockout, you have the PED stuff, you have people in this league that are just not good people, and you have millionaires fighting with billionaires over, frankly, your paycheck. Um, you know, that's not to say that I'm telling you to not watch the NFL. I know that's not something I would do. But keep it in perspective. You know, don't let things like, you know, fan is short for fanatic. Fanatic is synonymous with radical. And don't become a fanatic. Don't become a crazy fan. It, it, it's, 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 a, it's a slippery slope, and nothing good really comes of that. And, you know, you lose sight of the things that are really important in life over something trivial like football. You know, it's not worth losing family and friends over. Enjoy the game. Have fun with it. And, uh... Good luck to both teams this weekend. No, not too much luck, though, to the Patriots, even though I do actually have them on a money line bet to win, which is very conflicting to me. Yeah, you really hedged there. You're really, uh, you're really hedging there. So. I mean, it's, it's, it's disappointing. I mean, I did want some action on the game, but I don't think the Falcons are going to win, obviously, by my prediction of 31-20. That was in favor of the Patriots. Right, right. Um, yeah, so uh, that, that does it for us this week. Uh, thank you, as always, for joining us. Again, you can like and follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. That handles at SmartGuyIKnow. 
Uh, like and subscribe, comment, rate us on iTunes. Uh, we'll be back probably midweek with Carlos Eats. And we'll be back next week with a regular episode, our Valentine's Day-themed episode, right here on The Smartest Guy I Know.